Broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Hey everybody, good morning. It is Zimmer Radio here with Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I'm Steve Spellman on the hot seat here, filling in for a day or two here. Uh, glad you're with us. Uh, got the whole group here. Uh, got uh, Stephanie Bell, got John Marsh, got producer Hannah, got uh, and Brian Housework floating around a little later. Oh, we got a good show for you here. Uh, a few guests later on in the hours. Uh, Mr. Chris Arps will be in the house, or well, on the phone, I guess, around 6.30 of uh econ professor uh joe hasleg talking about uh price inflation state of the economy and then update on supreme court cases and uh other constitutionally minded things with thanksgiving coming up with uh law professor carl Espec, both uh liberty-minded folks uh that we'll be chatting with so steph we're we're glad we're in a thanksgiving week here we are um i'm going we are i am going to be really frustrated there i am we are we we are guest host snafu there we are excited for today although i'm a little bit nervous because i had professor esbeck in law school so i might have like flashbacks of the horror that was law school oh did you do your homework (laughs) oh my god i know i did no 5 30 and i do my homework he was a great professor and honestly you know he like conservative professors were few and far between um, I really enjoyed having him and having um, Professor Lambert, who's also libertarian-minded. But oh, nice. um, they were some of my favorites. But I'll have to meet him. Yeah. Yeah, great. And Joe Hasslake, he's a good free market guy. So we'll uh, have a good couple segments with him. And then other stuff, too. Uh, Morning Bell, what's up? What's hot with Hannah? And uh, DC rundown here later on. But uh, that'll be good. Hey, you know, we talked about a actually good election result internationally uh, down in south america the folks in argentina uh over the weekend voted in a radical libertarian guy uh, uh javier millet is uh, how you say his name and uh the uh, world press the deep state and, and establishment is really uh so oh, he's radical he's no good he's not gonna work out but the babylon b which uh, there's worse places for news i guess it says libertarian pilgrims set sail for argentina in search of a better life of course they spoof site here uh says immediately after argentina did the unthinkable and elected actual libertarian a group of a ship full of libertarian immigrants from departing new hampshire uh left port monday morning in search of a better life in the new world of argentina so they uh some are uh they want to have their uh, uh guns they want to smoke pot <laughs> They are on the USS Meme Flower, Meme <laughs> Flower, for life, liberty, and the gold standard. Uh, and one guy has 3D printed a tank, so they will have a military. Uh, so kind of a spoof on the New Hampshire. Hey, it's uh, Argentina. Good, good enough for Taylor Swift. It's good enough for these <laughs> guys, right? Yeah. Hopefully they'll have a better health situation there. For sure. Kind of, kind of wilting in the sun, I guess, with her concert there the other day. But, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, so... Well, we'll see how that works out, but basically it's the Ron Paul of South America uh, following up with Bolsonaro in Spain, or excuse me, in Brazil. It was kind of the, the Trump of South America. So, hey, there's some bright spots in elections around the world. Well, and my Twitter libertarian friends were all like, yeah, we're going to Argentina. Like, this is awesome. Are you? Um, yeah. And my more serious, uh, reasonable uh, libertarian friends were like, slow your roll. Uh, this guy's going to govern co- 
like an Argentinian Congress that he has absolutely no control over. So if you look it up, his party um, has 39 seats out of 257 in the lower house and just eight of 72 seats in the in the upper chamber. And so uh, the guy has a lot of good ideas, but he's going to have a tough time implementing his actual governing uh, principles. Um, He's also catching like a lot of heat I saw on Twitter over. I guess he would take chainsaws to rallies and kind of be like, I'm gonna you know take down this you know government bureaucracy or whatever and he was catching a lot of flack for that and i'm thinking what Hmm. did anyone watch the ads in missouri last year because flamethrowers yeah Yeah. (laughs) do we have that audio okay so we um but it was vicky hartzler who had a chainsaw and she was actually making fun of i think eric schmidt and eric greitens because she said hey uh we don't need props but she did have a chainsaw and eric schmidt of course had had a flamethrower earlier than that and so i'm like we're giving this guy grief for being like a crazy wild-haired man and um, and it's really us. Like, we started it. Go ahead, Hannah. This Eric puts rifles in his ads, and Eric Schmidt plays with a blowtorch. So I brought my chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Just kidding. A senator. <laughs> and the uh, uh, former uh, Congresswoman Hartzler, as many people will be uh, familiar with, she's a petite lady. Yeah. So it's a yes. pretty, pretty big chainsaw. She lifts up and then puts it back down. So. And she has a farm in Archie, so maybe she shoots that before. I'm not Might sure. very well can cut firewood <laughs> and all that sort of thing. But, uh, Brian, what's going on, man? I think the, uh, uh, you know, a couple quick things. The, the, our condolences to the... Uh, the motorist from from Higby, who was killed in that horrific accident yesterday, uh, cl- crashing into a trash truck uh, that shut down 124 for about three and a half hours. And I've had the story on the Eagle and done a voicer for John this morning as well. I also think the the congressman Mark Alford, a very good interview with him yesterday. I encourage people to go kws.com, 939theeagle.com. You can listen to the full interview. A lot of good information in there. At the very end of that interview, he ends the interview by mentioning a, a fentanyl forum. And it was we were running out of time, so there was no chance for us to really follow up. But, you know, he said that he and Blaine Ludkemeyer are going to be here in town in mid-Missouri, Columbia, he said, for a fentanyl forum. I'm very interested in that because if you look at the federal government, um, and by the way, this is... President Biden's Justice Department, federal prosecutors appointed by him that are saying this. Boone County is in the top 10 of all the counties statewide in terms of overdoses uh, with fentanyl and, and, and some other issues. So we definitely have an issue in Boone County. I just wish we would have had more time to follow up with him on those details. But I know Hannah's reached out as well. Um, when we get more, we'll let you know. But December the 18th is going to be the... Uh, and here's what Teresa Moore said. Boone County ranks in the top 10 of all 114 Missouri counties for fatal overdose deaths, fentanyl, and other non-heroin uh, opioids causing a significant majority of those deaths. That's straight from the U.S. attorney appointed by the President of the United States, confirmed by the Senate. So, um, you know, bipartisan issue, and, uh, and and I'm sure there'll be some people in Columbia at that that'll be interested. We just had a, a guy from Columbia go down for this as well, had ties to St. Louis and Kingdom City, um, and he's going down, I believe, for 10 years. Yeah, Prison. you know, we hear about this national issue with the border and nationwide and, and, and worldwide, and then it's right here at home, too. And and you say here in mid-Missouri, 
Columbia is the top 10. Yeah, um, well, Boone County in the top 10 for all. So 114 counties in the, in the state in the top 10 for Missouri's 114 counties for fatal overdose deaths. Mm. And uh, fentanyl is not the only one. They have some other, non, as they mentioned, non-heroin opioids. But I'd, I'd venture to say heroin, yeah. or excuse me, fentanyl is the majority, uh, without question. I hear it on the scanner sometimes. Um, you know, And a lot of them, they don't die. But they still overdose, so it just it happens more than people realize. There's people on Mizzou campus, some students, some good Samaritans that will carry the EpiPen or whatever mm-hmm. things around because they might come across somebody that's ODing. I mean, what in the world uh, is going on that yeah. that this needs to be a thing? And hopefully, you know, these discussions isn't just about well, it's really bad and it sucks, and well, no. I don't know, it sucks. Uh, hopefully, I, some action and. I don't. I think there will be some action. I think there will. We'll obviously find out. And then I also the Columbia, Missourian article. I encourage people to read that uh, about Landria Wainer's comments uh, last night at the council meeting. But those those were interesting too. Yeah, gotcha. You know, it is the uh, holiday uh, week here, and people will be traveling and seeing family. Right, some family that you maybe don't see every day or every week or. Uh, maybe haven't seen in a few years, as the case may be. And uh, oftentimes there's people from different walks of life, which are great. And some people have different polarizing political perspectives. And they're from different echo chambers and stuff. And you'll have, you know, Uncle Bob. And then you'll have Aunt Sally, let's say. And there you have different points of view, let's say. And they get into arguments. And then, like, Mom's like, hey, I don't want to hear this stuff. We're, we're supposed to be happy. And... There is a group called uh, Braver Angels out there um, that uh, I guess is a national group that tries to get reds and blues together, if you will, and actually know that they're real people and uh, not just you know a meme online and can actually have uh, sane discussions. I was part of a similar group, tried that in mid-Missouri here, pre-pandemic, so you know, kind of went away there for a while. But they're trying things like that. There was a group in St. Louis and an article in the Missourian from uh, last uh, a few weeks ago. and. Um, you know, where we can actually talk to each other and not talk at each other or past each other. You know, just, you know, peace and goodwill here on Thanksgiving, I think, is the story. Well, Congress isn't, Congress isn't setting a very help. good example for us about that. You know, they tried to fight last all last yeah, the week. The U.S. Senator and the Teamster <laughs> boss but, were going to throw down. Yeah. But, you know, I will say I had a lovely uh, Friendsgiving this last weekend. And for a, for a minute, I thought, am I the token Republican here? Because most <laughs> oh. of the folks um, were actually, um, and I don't want to call people out, but there's actually um, someone who's uh, pretty prominent in Democrat politics. And most of the people were... Um, actually left-leaning and some like trial attorney types and that but folks that i've known for a long time Mm. and it is always one of my favorite events of the year and um and you know we can laugh about it they can laugh about you know they know that i'm on conservative radio and they they said let us come on let's have a debate you know and we can have a good time and and you know we don't start talking about abortion for example or you know having a hard issue debates Mm. because we just agree to disagree we know we are in different spaces um but we can still like support one another and yeah. be friendly. That's I think I, that's important, but that is—I do believe that's pretty rare. I do believe it's—it's it's rare today, and I'm glad they're able to do that. My grandmother and grandfather. One, the grandfather was a dyed-in-the-wool Richard Nixon, Dwight David Eisenhower Republican, <laughs> and Grandma um, was a um, FDR Harry Truman. 
got along fine. I'm I'm afraid those days are. I don't yeah. I don't see that happening much anymore. Yeah, I just don't. And, and you know, John, we we've seen the shift in you know who identifies as a D or R, especially in Missouri. It's things have have shifted. I think of my uh, wife's grandmother who was a working class Democrat uh, by Troy, Missouri, outside of St. Louis, and and then she got to the kind of the uh, Hillary Obama era, and she's like, Whoa, wait. This isn't the this isn't the Kennedy party anymore, and, and we've seen shifts in that regard. So yeah, well, we think about in Missouri, not that many years ago, you had to declare what party you were. Oh, for when primary elections? Yeah, when you registered to vote. Oh, really? How far back was that? A while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Well, and now you have the with the new law, you have the option of indicating what party you affiliate with. Is that the proper term? It's not a closed primary yet, but it's one step toward yeah, for the that. presidential deal. We're gonna have a caucus. Yes. Um, so that's gonna. I don't know if you ever been a part of a caucus, but uh, I was uh, <laughs> eight or twelve, whenever that was. Uh, went out to the local meeting hall, and you had your kind of factions, and you had your groups, and you know, people coalescing behind a, a primary candidate, and people worked it out, and those delegates went on to regional, and they went on to state, and then went on there, and. I don't know. That might be better than a uh, primary election that gets people that aren't as engaged, but that's another story. That was 2012. Yeah, well, I think we'll take a little break here, and uh, we'll be back with more. This is uh, Wake Up Men, Missouri. I'm Steve Spellman filling in on the hot seat with uh, the crew here. Do stay tuned. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Thanks for making Wake Up Mid-Missouri your number one choice in the morning. A three-judge panel of the D.C. Appeals Circuit heard more than two hours of arguments Monday, but has yet to render a decision. The lawyer for special counsel Jack Smith says preventing intimidation of witnesses and other case participants is at the center of their argument. So that gets us into the daily D.C. rundown. Of course, this argument happened yesterday. I think it almost went two and a half hours. Uh, Trump has had this gag order, and now his lawyers are, before this three-judge panel, arguing that it restricts Trump's ability to publicly um, speak, and it basically violates the First Amendment. Uh, it's It's got a Missouri connection because Trump is being represented by John Sauer, who was our former solicitor general, argued many cases on, uh, in the state Supreme Court and, and also in SCOTUS. So um, kind of interesting to see Missouri folks doing that um, and, and kind of fun for those of us who know Mr. Sauer. Um, and, but actually, the judges were very skeptical of these arguments and said... Uh, pointed to some other provisions that said, you know, that there are reasons why the judge could restrict uh, his ability to talk to certain people or say certain things, and that's provided for. So, how do you address that? Um, and so, overall, the court watchers are saying they seem skeptical. We don't think they're going to throw the whole gag order out, but the gag order is a bit vague and perhaps overbroad, so they might narrow it. So it's common when somebody is uh, engaged in a court case, their lawyer says, hey, don't speak publicly, just but to the court to say you can't. Yeah, it's much more rare. Yeah. 
So, so they have to walk that line and Trump, you know, and I, and so you're right though, the other way, most people are counseled by their lawyers not to say anything publicly and most people follow. So for the court to be presented with, you know, a defendant that is all over the socials or in speeches talking about court personnel or witnesses or whatever, it puts the court in a, in a interesting position. Yeah. And any, any lawyer working for Trump needs to be paid extra because man, he's (laughs) corralling that dude. I mean, all, all things aside, like, whoo. And this is just one of his many ongoing cases. Of course, we talked about yep. how he's had some wins. His lawyers have had some wins over the last couple of days, keeping his name on the ballot in several states. But personally, he's facing a lot of litigation. Um, Trump is also uh, starting some more litigation. Apparently, he has sued a bunch of media organizations. He dropped a big lawsuit yesterday. Actually, the company, I think, who owns his true social platform uh-huh. dropped a, a lawsuit on, I think, 20 different media organizations for reporting about the losses that Truth Social has experienced. Mm. Um, so Trump gets to be out there and be like, I'm fighting. Like the, the Dominion voting thing. Every, you said bad things about us. This is- <laughs> every step of the way I'm fighting. Um, and, and also on the social media front, it uh, was revealed yesterday that Biden, Harris and First Lady Jill Biden um, all launched new accounts on the social media platform Threads. And that is after they thought been- you were going to say Truth Social. <laughs> <laughs> They're jumping in. <laughs> that would be great. Well, they, of course, they've kind of been at odds with Elon Musk. Elon Musk isn't pushing the boundaries, so they said, I'll show you all, you know, they're obviously keeping their Twitter accounts, but they're saying, I'm going to launch an account on Threads. Are you on Threads, Steve? No. Yeah. I am, but it's, I haven't looked at it in a while. And then, yeah. I think is the thing. They're now trying. that Biden's on there, though, you're going to get on, right? <laughs> Maybe he's got the uh, cake that's on fire, if you've seen that. I think that's real, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's him, his actual... I want it to be. Yeah, my very well. 81 candles is a lot, Steve. It is. Hey, this is Wake Up in Missouri. Stay tuned. Tell your friends you listen to Wake Up in Missouri. Arms, and I am so excited that you get to experience a bit of the thoughts I hear every single day. Enjoy. Hey, Greg, you're back with Wake Up in Missouri. It's Steve Spellman with crew here on a uh, cold Tuesday morning in Missouri, holiday week. Hope you're well. Hey, we've uh, got a good segment with a regular guest for uh, regular listeners will be familiar with, uh, Mr. Chris Arps. He's a Republican strategist and communications professional he's a weekly uh, commentator on uh, newsmax tv's wake up america chris how you doing man good morning and uh happy pre-thanksgiving to everyone yeah yeah hope you you and yours as well we love uh, hearing from your bride there uh, the uh kind of tongue-in-cheek uh compliment i guess backhanded compliment yeah. that she gives you there I, i've been trying to get that updated for like two and a half years but hannah completely ignores me for some reason. Hannah. <laughs> I mean, if it's not broken, don't fix it, right? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, she's the boss. That's good, yeah. Yeah, she is. Yeah, well, Chris, uh, what's what's going on, man? What's on your mind? Well, a lot of things are going on on my mind. One, just <laughs> That's what Becky locally. said, too. <laughs> Focus, Daniel's <One>, son. <laughs> one thing here locally, it's just, you know, our, you know, you know, I have a radio show in St. Louis on News Talk SDL, and, uh, Yesterday marked our first 
uh, broadcast out of downtown St. Louis. We moved uh, to St. Louis County. Hmm. And the things that I'm reading in the paper uh, last couple of days, weeks, uh, shows that that's a good decision. You know, I wake up this morning in the newspaper that says that the city of St. Louis missed out on a half million dollars in weed uh, revenue, tax revenue, because paperwork wasn't filed correctly. We have the city of St. <laughs> yeah, go figure. We have, maybe they were high. Who knows? We have the city of uh, St. Louis, the jail director. She's been on the job for three years. And 10 people have committed suicide or have died at the jail. Oh, my goodness. And then last week, we had an article about our city comptroller who's been in the office for probably 20-plus years. Uh, they did an expose on her. She doesn't come to work. She comes to work probably one or two, mm. two times a week. They have to go to her house to have her sign contracts. Um, vendors in St. Louis aren't getting paid correctly because she doesn't come to work. So St. Louis is just uh, is just a nightmare. And then... We've got homeless that are encamped next to City Hall, and the mayor uh, is not doing anything about it. So St. Louis is a basket case. Is that comptroller also studying to be a nurse? Is that is she no, changing no, careers? No, no, that, uh, yeah. that was Kim Gardner. <laughs> That's the other uh, one. Darlene, yeah, Darlene Green, she's been comptroller probably four or five terms. And, uh, you know, it's a shoe in every election that she's going to be elected. And, you know, the expose came out, she doesn't come to work. Yeah, we're here with uh, Chris Harps this morning. Chris, talk to us about all the the protests we're seeing, the pro-Palestinian protests, and we've seen some uh, peaceful uh, pro-Israel protests in St. Louis. But man, is this something you ever thought you'd see in mm. in, the, in the city and the county? You know, to be honest, yes. Uh, you know, anti-Semitism has been around. Um, since three or four thousand years, five thousand years, um, it rears its ugly head from time to time. And with everything that's going on in in, in Israel and the Middle East and the war, it, it doesn't surprise me. What is surprising me more than anything is just all the anti-Semitism among young people on college campus. You know, they're the ones that are supposed to be open-minded and loving and mm. and 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 want uh, equality for everyone. And it's just amazing me, amazing to me seeing them um, exhibit this racism. Uh, I know part of it comes from their professors, because that's what they're being taught. Um, Anti-Israel hate in their country is bad. But that's that's been the one thing that has been the most surprising to me with these demonstrations. Yeah. Back on the uh, the marijuana ordinance there, so <laughs> even, even governments can get caught up in bureaucracy and paperwork. You know, us filing our taxes and stuff. It's like, oh, you didn't do this or this box or a schedule. And like, well, uh, okay, I don't know, whatever. And now they got snarled up. <laughs> With the, you know, they want to tax people, but they didn't do the right paperwork. They can't collect half a million dollars. <laughs> I think, and I think that's a, that'd make a good campaign for just say no. You know, maybe these <laughs> folks that are responsible for turning in the tax paperwork, maybe they were getting stoned and uh, and forgot about it. You know, city of St. Louis's budget is a billion dollars, so half a million dollars. You know, sounds like a drop in the bucket, but that's a lot of money. And the mayor and the mayor of St. Louis is talking about spending um, close to that amount of money by giving uh, people who are poor or indigent five hundred dollars a month uh, just because. So that's not a drop in the bucket of money, and it just shows the incompetence 
of St. Louis city leaders. Well, and we've seen even here in mid-Missouri, I think every small community has voted for that local marijuana tax who then all had to notify the city <laughs> government. And I wonder, is St. Louis the only one out of hundreds of jurisdictions who just failed to fill out the form? Yeah, they, they have to be. And I mean, like I said, a half a million dollars, that's that's no no small amount of money to just, oh, sorry, we forgot to turn in the paperwork. I mean, uh, we'll a, do it next year. That's a pretty high cost, Chris. <laughs> it is. It is. You know, we're general, generally on here. <laughs> oh, we're, uh, I get that. I, I saw where you went there. Oh, come Anna. on, man. That is a, it took me a couple of seconds. Yeah, that is a high cost. This topic has so many uh, <laughs> puns that uh, you just can't avoid sometimes. It's just, I understand. Yeah, it's, I understand. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, we're uh, tax-sensitive on this uh, program, so actually uh, maybe they're doing the people of St. Louis a favor by <laughs> actually by, uh, passing a tax. We've got uh, local state representative uh, Sheree Tolson, right? She's going around with a, a petition to uh, basically get on the ballot here locally, like a lot of communities are, to, uh, what, freeze property taxes for seniors or something that our county commission could have just said, yeah, let's go ahead and do that, but no, no, that that harm us. That take away tax money. She's like, you know, let's. Yeah, sometimes you have to actively go and, and cut taxes, but sometimes it's just their incompetence. Uh, you can lower a tax on, yeah. on somebody at least. Um, yeah, and I, I think the situation, city of St. Louis, is a uh, is a prime example of that. Yeah. You know, our mayor, she's been a wall the last few weeks. We haven't heard from her with all these things going on. So. Like I said, we're glad. You know, I don't live in the city of St. Louis. I live in St. Louis County. Now I'm glad that I don't have to drive downtown anymore and and uh, can be in the county where it's a little safer. Not much, but a little safer. Yeah. Uh, so, Chris, yesterday we heard yeah. an update on the uh, abortion initiatives here mm-hmm. in Missouri. Uh, the Supreme Court said they will not hear the secretary's arguments. Of course, um, the case was already heard over the Western District. Thoughts on the abortion measure and how that moves forward in Missouri? Yeah, I you know I I am frightened that what we saw in these other states that have enshrined abortion in their constitution that that same thing is going to happen here. Missouri is a ruby red state, but we've seen other red states uh, that have uh, enshrined uh, abortion into their constitution. You know, the young lady, one of the young ladies that is behind this the, the petition initiative, Jamie Corley. I met her uh, in twenty twenty two. Uh, at a watch party for a candidate that my wife was working uh, for, uh, Andrew Be- Andrew Jones, who was working for Congress. She is a, a former uh, communications uh, director for Senator Corker from Tennessee. She's a, a Republican, was from St. Louis. She didn't live here. And I knew that she was in support of abortion rights, but it just kind of surprised me, you know, months later I pick up a paper and she is adamantly uh, behind this effort. She claims that she is a Republican, but she thinks that Republicans are just on the wrong side uh, when it comes to uh, it comes to this issue. Yeah, because so on all, there's a bunch of maybe uh, uh, put initiative petitions to get on next November's ballot to, mm-hmm. uh, like you said, uh, enshrine abortion rights of some form or fashion in Missouri's Constitution. Uh, so there's the, yeah. the traditional uh, pro-choice group, and they've got the things going on. They got a you know Swiss Army knife of maybe's uh, language and so forth. And then you got uh, really a, a a Republican with you know conservative credentials. That's like, well, they're doing the thing, and, and I don't know how dissimilar some of the proposals are. Um, yeah, and that's the one thing you know I've worked on 
uh, a, a petition initiative, ballot initiatives in other states. And, you know, you think it's just a simple thing where, you know, you give somebody a, 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 a petition, they go out and connect, collect signatures. But I learned just when we were up in Michigan doing this for, for, uh, for non-citizen voting, you have all of these different competing petitions. A lot of time they're, they're, they're opposite of each other, but they sound the same. Um, you'll have people saying, oh, I've already signed that, when they actually haven't because there's so many um, petitions, uh, the, the companies that are going around. We had a situation in, in Michigan where there was a particular guy, this is what he did. He was telling other uh, ballot petition uh, signature gatherers that if they worked for our petition, uh, group that they would be um, uh, blackmailed from working on similar uh, ballot petition initiatives. And, you know, I learned that this is, this is how some people make their money. This is what they do. Is they travel all around the country working on ballot initiatives. Yeah. And so to threaten them like that, you know, it's, it's really hurt us, yeah. hurt us up uh, in Michigan. Electioneering is a, a profession. It's become a specialty. Yeah, it but is. but we're, uh, we're talking to Chris Arps this morning. Chris, how close are you watching the latest uh, suit by the NAACP and the League of Women Voters on photo ID law? This is, what, the third time in, in, what, 10, 15 years that they've tried this? And they had the expert testify that ten one of every 10 voters, I think, in St. Louis County didn't have a photo ID. Where do you think this is all headed? Is this just another attempt at this issue? I don't know why this is a loser issue for the Democrats and for liberals. It was a winning issue for them at one time um, when they could claim that Republicans are trying to keep black people and minorities off the ballot. But we've seen time and time again that every time where voter ID has been instituted, African-American and minority voter participation actually goes up. So if this is supposed to stifle uh, the minority vote. Um, it is not working. And we saw that uh, that poll, I think it was down in Atlanta, and you remember Georgia had all of the ballot initiative um, things. They had the all-star game that was taken away from them, and now it is back. Mm. It did a poll last year with African-American voters, and it was 0%. 0% of them said that they felt no intimidation or didn't feel that they were denied access to the polls at all. So this is a losing issue for them. I think, you know, in election year, the only playbook the Democrats have is try to scare minorities that, uh, and black people that were trying to put you back in chains and make you slavery. And I think that's just, this is just a part of their old playbook. Yeah, the hair on fire rhetoric and so forth. Exactly. Uh, yeah, there's a reasonable, you know, showing an ID, I'm, I'm glad to... Uh, you know, again, Sheree Tolson Rice here has offered, hey, anybody doesn't have an ID, I'll get you one. I'll get you the paperwork. I'll pick you up from your house. Yeah. <laughs> She's had zero takers in like six or seven years. So I don't, I don't know who's out there. Yeah, I mean, in voting you have no excuse. Have how do you even, you know, the thing that I, the argument that I always use is how do you function in society without an ID? Yeah. You know, you can't cash a check. I know people don't write checks anymore, but there's so many things you can't do you, without you, an ID. How do you function in society? You can't get your daughter's ears pierced. <laughs> I'm serious. Exactly. Yeah, so interested in an ID yeah, for that. People yeah. can't do that, but, you know, are interested in voting for the leader of the free world, so I don't know. Hey, we've been talking with Chris Arps. His website is ChristopherArps.com. Chris, thanks for, your, thanks for your time, man. God, thank you for having me, and everyone have a happy Thanksgiving. Great. This is Wake Up Men, Missouri. Just stay tuned.
This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is Mid-Missouri's number one rated morning show. Uh, you might want to fact check that. Hey everybody, this is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Hope you're well on this uh, Tuesday pre-holiday morning here. Steph, glad to be with you. Glad to be with you. John Marsh and and Hannah as well. You know, uh, we're uh, looking at the text line here, which you can text uh, there, and we can see at uh, 573-874-9390. That's also the call-in number. Uh, Doug out there says, going to turn off the politics for the rest of the week. Is that possible, Steph? Is that, does your mind work that way? No, it doesn't. It's, it's wired. You're, you're. I like to scroll Twitter and then I get all fired up. <laughs> yeah, we're all kind of political nerds, I think. Yeah. So, Hannah, what do you watch on on TV with a, a family of people from different backgrounds and stuff? Where this might trigger somebody or another? Uh, nothing. Everyone plays on their phones. Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> people are Football. all together and they're on their phone looking at something else or texting each other and so forth and speaking of football what a bummer last night the chiefs we totally gave it away in the second half poor travis kelsey did you see that interview he was so sad he just looked devastated yeah taylor didn't make it that's the big news right it it really is we need taylor back at that chiefs game good luck good luck charm i gotta be better just not playing up to the level that i have in the past i gotta be better any adjustments the Eagles did in the second half to sort of disrupt things? No. Turnovers. Turnovers and uh, and um, penalties on our half. Yeah. Travis Kelsey right there, post-game interview in the locker room. Yeah. Say it, But taking responsibility, saying it's nothing they did, it was on us, and we got to clean up our act. Yeah, gotcha. You know, um, somebody that is doing well are the cranberry farmers. Um, <laughs> this is like the super... <laughs> what, the su- what a transition. Yeah, this the Super Bowl of... Uh, of cranberry sales is this week um they sell and uh so this article from wall street journal from last week uh that uh like it's like the super bowl of of cranberries that ocean spray you know the brand you know what else they do (laughs) cranberries and related stuff that ocean spray farmers are are responsible for 65 percent of the cranberries grown on earth cranberry monopoly well and i would be i think i'm more interested in the other question of like how much does November make up of their business? Is it 70% of their, you know, there are a lot of businesses that are very cyclical like that. You think like pumpkin farms mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Like, do they make their whole month or their whole year in one month? I mean, they make cranberry juice. but They do. But what percentage of gelade, cranberry, canned cranberry Yeah, sauce? and like, like many, you know, global companies, they've diversified their offerings. Um, you know, there's cranberry juice that's in a bottle that they sell all the time and and there's other fruit juices and cocktails and uh they've got into other beverages and things like that as well to try to you know have a more of a year-round uh sales you know the grocery stores by the way they have to move stuff around because they have to make room for cranberry stuff right and pumpkin stuff you know well then pumpkin spice i mean that's kind of taken over things hannah loves pumpkin spice yeah it has now i was like a cranberry hater for so long because i was a canned cranberry family um, but lately, oh. I've switched to fresh cranberries. Oh yeah, and I love cranberry. Fresh cranberries Ooh. are delicious. Yeah, Texas on five seven three eight seven four ninety three ninety. Are you a jelly? Uh, you know the. <laughs> <laughs> 
jelly looking, you know, the stuff that comes out in the shape of the can, the, the ridges of the can. It it retains that. You sit it down, it's like it's like a jello, thick jello. Um, or is it the the fresh cranberries where they chop? My mother in law makes a mean fresh uh, cranberry stuff. They have like orange in it. Yeah, orange peel and other oh, stuff. So it, you know, a ton of sugar probably, and I I stash like a little thing of it in the back of the fridge and i make it <laughs> I, I make it last for a couple weeks i should freeze some i should make it she's got the bag of fresh cranberries mm-hmm. in the fridge i was overlooking at it the other day so, so she's, she's raring to go yeah so hey this is wake up in missouri um steve spumman with the crew here uh, do stay tuned we'll be back some guests here at seven uh with uh, joe haslake who's a econ professor we'll be talking about cost of living and other stuff do stay tuned